Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 30, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we start out with is another down day. Fair enough. They closed below the 50 period moving average. I hearken back to once they get below the Irene number, all bets on the upside are off up until the point in which they could recapture if they did the Irene number. What's Irene one more time? It's about 4, 10, 20, give or take. They're far away from that at present, well over 100 S&P handles away. Let's talk about what happens from here. Where are we in time? What's to be expected from this type of market behavior? We're going to have a technical conversation, and then we're also going to have what should we be expecting now type of conversation. One of the things that we should be expecting is big swings in both directions. You'll wake up one morning, whether it's tomorrow, the day after, the day after that, you'll wake up one morning, the market will be in a green type of formation, meaning we'll be bouncing up, it'll be poised for a gap higher. There'll be a story attached to it, hey, the Fed said this, or some Fed governor said that, or something else is taking place, and it will be attached to or attributed to the bounce slash rally in the market on that day. Could last a few days, could last a few hours, could last a few minutes. That's the way these things work. What they're actually doing is they're running a test of an important number that was cracked on the way down. That's the way things work. So For example, let's have that discussion. Let's put that discussion in sync with what could happen tomorrow, what could happen tomorrow and or Friday, or even Thursday if you're counting a five-day work week. Let's look at both sides of the tape. First, let's look at the downside. Where are they going right now? Not that they have to stop their reverse and make new highs, but what's really the next area of big-time support for a multitude of reasons? That's what we're looking for. We're going to identify a zone inside the number members have the specific numbers each and every day early in the morning. For these videos, we're going to identify a zone. The first thing we have below current price, below today's low, is a couple of pieces of unfinished business. One of them you'll see when we review inside the numbers. They just missed a number by pennies today, and as far as I'm concerned, That makes things a little suspect. Could be bullish in the short run, but it's a little suspect in the longer run. Let me explain, Lucy. The unfinished business today was just under 396. Fair enough. We'll get to that later when we review inside the numbers. However, let's go down a notch to another piece of unfinished business below today's low, not today's unfinished stuff. You're going to want to get out your sticky notes real fast. First, there's an open gap right around 393.85. Now you can see here that the low of the following day is 394.05, missing by pennies, but guess what? That's good enough to create unfinished business. So they're going to come back and finish that. But let me show you a couple of steps further. You have your sticky notes? First, what if I did this? I drew a trend line connecting the former lows. 
the low and then the subsequent low or retest of the lows. Wasn't really a retest of the lows, but that was the next low and that creates a trend line. The market is creating that trend line. Okay, fair enough, but wait, there's more. Now I'm gonna go down to an hourly chart and I'm going to go back in time to find that same area and here it is. So now all of a sudden we see a gap on the intraday chart. What you saw on the daily chart is different than we see on the intraday chart. So watch this. Taking this gap right here, and the gap officially closes at 390.91. Now we've got two lines, and we created a zone of sorts. It's almost a four-point zone, but remember, expect big swings in both directions. 40 points in the big scheme of things in terms of S&P handles isn't really a tremendous thing when you have an expansion of volatility, and as you see from the intraday activity, the market can move 10, 20 points in a flash, not to mention 40 or 50. Now we're back to the daily chart, and you see what starts to develop here. All of a sudden, we have a zone for one reason. We've got some unfinished business, an open gap, and then all of a sudden, we have this trend line that's sloping upward just underneath that zone, or depending on when, and if they come into that zone, it could be even closer to the bottom end of the zone. So just think about this for a moment. They come in, they do the unfinished business, they're having one of those big time down days, they spike the zone, they hit the trend line, wherever it is, maybe it's up here in a few days, maybe it's down here tomorrow, either way, they bounce off the trend line having completed the unfinished business, close the gap, and everybody believes that the market is now bouncing because all of a sudden you get a pretty big time bounce off an area like that. But wait, there's more. Now you run a Fibonacci retracement from the low that was made over here and the high that was made over here. They're retracing a portion of that move and lo and behold, the 618 retracement comes in at 388.74, also coinciding with that upsloping trend line. So you see that you begin to develop what we'll call a full stack situation. Can the market bounce up before it gets there? Absolutely. Can it go sideways for a few days before it gets there? Absolutely. Is it likely to get into that zone anytime soon? And my opinion is, and this is an opinion because we don't know, the answer is, yeah, I believe they will. So here are the differences between probabilities and how the market acts and reacts versus possibilities. The market is based on probabilities. So what I do know is, based on a full stack type of situation, I know that there's more of a chance than there isn't that they're going to get a bounce from within that zone, a spike of that zone. That is garden variety stuff. That's a big time zone. There's even more stuff there, but I'm going to reserve that for something else another time. So when talking about probabilities, what we do know is the probabilities are that they're going to bounce from within that zone. It doesn't have to necessarily be on the same day. Right? They could finish down there at the end of a day and then all of a sudden find support and start to bounce the following day or another couple of days later. That is a possibility. So it doesn't necessarily have to rock it out of there, but it can. Either way, it's a big time zone. 
So probabilities are they'll bounce away from that zone if reached rather than eating time off the clock above for a while, but if reached sooner than later from now, like within the next few days, let's say. Even into next week would be fine. But we don't know the probabilities of getting into that zone. So let's just say for argument's sake that the market bounces up tomorrow and they find themselves recapturing 400 in the SPY and they have another 2 or $3 bounce, another 20 or 30 S&P handles. They'll start getting into an area where they could recapture another number and have a further bounce, taking our attention away from the lower zone down here at least for a while. So we can't say short the tape because they're getting into that zone on Thursday. We can't say that, but we can say, hey, listen, if they got into that zone Thursday, Friday, Monday, something like that, there's a strong likelihood that they will find support from within that zone, at least in the vicinity of this upsloping trend line. Put this all on a sticky note. This is like valuable information. People pay to be taught this information. Make no mistake about it. Let's now check out inside the numbers, see what was going on in there today. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. First, we'll run through the commentary, pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts, first of all. Turnaround Tuesday, we've got the makings of at least the DCB, or dead cap bounce, on our hands. And that's what was happening in the pre-market session. We had some numbers above, like 407, that was on the board yesterday in case they continued the DCB but they didn't, so we won't need to go over them here. We'll just skip over in the interest of time. What we do want to note is, and then getting below, and that's if they were to fail, and they did fail, but in the pre-market at zero dark 30, they were well above this stuff, and then getting below 404 would open the door for yesterday's lows and lower. And by the way, the market of stocks was very quiet in a non-moving-around formation of notes. So we didn't have a ton of stuff, on the board from Stocks on the Move, but we did have some. So we're moving along. And oh, by the way, we should note, looking at pictures for a moment, right at the vertical is today's activity, SPY five-minute chart. And you can see here, the first five-minute candle of the day, the high is 404.10, and they failed never to be seen again throughout the day. 404 was the pivot, and you'll see that come out in a few moments. Again, 404 below opens a door for 402.65, give or take. And we'll get this out early. There's an elephant in the room. I tried to take a trade down there at 402.65 to 402.40, and it didn't work. That's the net-net. It was just wrong. They went lower. It was either bounce at that place for a trade, or they're going to go down and pay a visit to 400. That's what happened. They never really did provide a sufficient bounce to take a profit. And that's just the way it works. Can't be right every time today. That particular SPY trade was incorrect. Let's move along, see what else we have. Below 404 is the bear side of the tape. So that was discussed before the opening bell, right at the opening bell. So everybody's aware the tape can't turn bullish. And let's separate trying a scalp trade at 402.65 from below 404. That's not the same thing. They could have certainly, and this is what I anticipated happening, bounce back to run a test of 404. That was the trade, and by the way, it's the same trade, by and large, that we do all the time. It just didn't work today. I'm still taking the same trade tomorrow, the day after, the day after that. It works the majority of the time. And there's your trade. Actually, the lower end of the zone was 401.75, 
So 402.65 down to 401.75. That was the zone. It was a buying opportunity for me. They didn't really give a sufficient bounce back in the other direction, and they got below 401.20, and this is where it became wrong. They're going to head for 400. That's the risk of the trade. And as long as you know the risk getting in, each and every trader can make their own decision whether or not they want to assume that risk. If you don't know the risk going in, then you can really eat a shit burger. Let's move along, see what else we have. As they started going lower, 400 is on the table. They went to 400. And that really wasn't a bona fide area. It's just a big fat round number from a psychological perspective. What we're looking at is 398, which was the gateway for 395.75. So let's just get our faculties on what actually happened. So they came down to 400 as prescribed. When the thing failed, 400 was the next spot. They spent some time there, but once they gave up 400, it was a quick shot to 398. Let's move along, see what else we've got. See right here, 1023, below 400 on candle closes, and the door opens for 398, give or take. The next line of defense is 398. If they can't or won't bounce there, and candles close below, they'll be headed for 395.75, give or take. And if they spike 396 today, it's likely a buy area if there's enough time on the clock. Now watch this. And that's a typo, by the way. It should have been 1032, not 932. I'm doing work in a hurry formation sometimes. Just to give you a sense of where we are. 396 is the lower line. The low on the nuts is 396. My number was 395.75. And remember... It's a likely buy area if there's enough time on the clock. And herein lies the reason I wanted to buy it when you see what type of bounce that came away in front of the number. I wanted the number. I wasn't long at 396. I was waiting for 395, and then they started trading away, and I'm not going to chase it figuring they're going to come back and do it anyway. So I was a little surprised they didn't do it. So short term, that's bullish. They can continue into tomorrow. However, when you look at the bigger picture, the daily chart, really they should satisfy that lower stuff. They're too close not to. It becomes magnetic, and that's really where my head is at. It pays to know your numbers. Let's scroll up, give you a chance to pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. You saw the crux of what's in there today. It's long-winded when you read all the notes, but this is how you learn. This is how you take advantage of this information in order to do what? You got it, in order to make money using this information. That's the point. Otherwise, it's useless. Now here, by the way, so into the end of the day, the flip side is resistance at 398.75 to 399. That's if they start to rally. And there it is, into the end of the day. There's your resistance. They come up to it because it's magnetic. They spike it, and then they pull back because why? Because it was overhead resistance. What time was this at? How about 3.15? What time was this at? How about 1.55? They just simply did the thing. What about stocks on the move? We had USO, XOM, SLB, and COP all hit their entry objectives. We're going to take a look at those charts. Twitter didn't. It's off the board. It's a no trade. How about COP? This one didn't do it in the manner in which, check this out, the low here, 109.55 against an entry of 109.45. They bounce away, they do the deal, providing the minimum required and then some base hit. 
and then they come down and play games with the same number and bounce around for the rest of the day. But you can see that this was the number, it was support, and they stayed above it. They gave the deal several times, but they didn't do it in the manner in which the numbers work. That's the big takeaway. SLB. Now, this one is a little bit different. Let me explain. 38.90 was the first number on the board, and then 38.20 was another number that was provided early on for inside the number members. However, after they did this little Macarena in front of the first number, making a low of 38.93, another screw job bouncing away, that number's off the board, but I gave another number in between to the live room members just in case they came down quickly. They were going to go to 38.50, and that number was good enough for a bounce. So traders in the room, some of them at least, got this particular number. There wasn't enough time on the clock. At least I didn't feel so at the time I put that out to the live room members to give the inside the number members the same number. I just stuck with what we put on the board early in the morning, and they never got to the second number. So this was a total no trade. It was just the live room members that had an added number. They're paying for added benefit. XOM, ExxonMobil, so they come into the number, they bounce away, they kind of did it, not really. The high is 97.31, so they didn't give the full base hit that we're looking for. They came up about 30 cents short of a base hit, 25, 30 cents short, something like that, and then they kind of hovered around the number for the majority of the day. So a good lesson learned in this one, this is one of those trading lessons. So Jordan's in this trade, he doesn't get filled on the exit, and they come back down. So what does he do? And I believe this is what he did. He ended up selling it at or above break even when it came back down, just in case they fell out of bed. He came up short of the number, don't want to play games with it. They made the attempt, so therefore they gave you the bounce. Not that they will or won't do it again, you just don't know in real time, so you err on the side of caution. When they come up just short of the number and you didn't get an exit, you have to err on the side of caution. I believe he just pitched this one around break-even because of the way it worked out. That's a reasonable thing to do on a day-slash-scalp trade. It is actually the correct thing to do. About USO. So we had some traders that got USO. They like trading oil, so they took this trade. Even though it came up short, they took the first number, 75.40. Check this out. The low, 75.40. They bounce away. What's the high here? How about 76.36? Good for almost a buck. Then they did the same routine at the second number. Where did they bounce back to? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. The first number. Funny how that works. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they came into the first of the converging moving averages. The second is the 50 down a little bit lower. If the S&P is going to be getting hit into the zone that we talked about before, then the IWM is going to be getting hit at the same time. That whole unfinished business zone in the IWM that coincides with the SPY is down around 179, 178 in that neighborhood. If you take a look at the same kind of schematic that we drew in the SPY, you get 179 and change. This is not an exact number. This is a ballpark figure. You get that for the unfinished business, and the trend line is quite a bit farther down from where this is. So it's a little bit different, but same schematic nonetheless. What about the folks down at the transportation department into the 50-period moving average? Stop short. Still didn't get to the area we talked about last night. That was 13,850. I think that's where they're headed. 
the S&P is going to go down, the IWM is going to go down, transports are going to go down, they all go down together. It's all the same market, 13850 is a big time spot. Now, they don't have to stop short there, but they're going to start finding support in and around that area. What about the Q people? Interestingly enough, they're already at the same type of schematic-ish unfinished business place that we've been discussing. This is the front end of it, but look what we have. All of a sudden, this chart looks different. Now, let me explain this one. So let's say everything comes down and they break this trend line and close below the trend line. Not just the test, but close below it. What would happen then? Well, all of a sudden, other stuff gets activated if they close down here, for example. And we start looking at testing pivot lows down here, down here. We start looking for other stuff. So it's possible, couple of things. Let's look at both sides of the equation. A, it's possible that this is a canary in the coal mine, just the same as other markets can be. I like to use the transports as a canary in the coal mine, but we use the SMH as a canary for the tech sector. We know that. And I like this one as a canary because if money is coming out of risk assets, it's not uncommon for them to be leading the way down because more money is coming out of the risk assets more so than some of the S&P companies, some of the Dow companies, they pay dividends, all this stuff. The tech stuff gets thrown out first. You know the old saying, the faster they rise, the harder they fall, all that kind of thing. So this is a very important area. Interestingly enough, they stopped on a dime on that trend line today. XLF, same routine, it's all the same market, the chart's in a different type of position, they don't have that trend line. They made a lower low before creating a different thing. Put that on a sticky note. If they're throwing everything out and the other markets are scaling down, that's your area that they're going to A, run a test of. 31.95, maybe a little bit lower before finding bona fide support. That's if they start closing below that 50 period moving average. That's what will activate that spot. They could spike it, of course, 3150, 3160, 3175 in that neighborhood, but they should find support down in that neck of the woods. Put that on a sticky note. There's your like spot in Smash Mouth, 208.65, down to 205, give or take. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos aren't even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.